who it is. It's not Jason. Jason's doing a great job. He's killing it at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I volunteered to do a show on Thursday because why not? Why not? Well, I'll tell you why not. I'll tell you why not. Because subscriptions to Player Profile are renew on February 1st. So <laughs> we've got... I was like, hey, I think Thursday's a good day. I, I don't have any shows scheduled this week. I, I got to make sure I, I stay sharp. Let's go. Let's do this. And uh, forgot. Forgot that uh, this is the big renewal day. Big renewal day. And we added a, hey, you can uh, turn off your auto-renew in your account. We added that feature. And I figured that would solve the problems that we've been having in the last few years where people are like, hey, I forgot. Can you please reverse this? But no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 don't, 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 don't think that just one button will solve all your problems. That's never how it works. So I'm in uh, I'm in account management hell. And I know many of you say, oh, this doesn't make sense. The player profiler is this big, sprawling organization at this point. Look at all the different shows you have, all the hosts. You guys are doing great. Your website's like the most professional website in the space. All true. All true. But uh, it, it very much is uh, held up by duct tape and little sticks What's the little little sticks when you're a kid? Oh, the, the popsicle sticks. Yes, so popsicle sticks, duct tape, because I have had my my goal was to not spend money on administrative overhead. That's been one of my big sort of mantras is that I can handle all the, the paperwork, all the bookkeeping. Because if we hire someone to do the bookkeeping or to manage the subscriptions, that's resources that we can't put toward creating content, writing articles, having shows, developing tools. So that's been my general approach. Like, I'm going to do all of these things, all these things that are just like manpower, I will do. And then I have now a few other people that are helping, especially with the website, like, for example, the creation of player pages and the inputting of some data that we have to go and source, uh, like uh, injury data isn't always available in a data feed. So we're very fortunate to have John Adams and Jonathan Lang and uh, Aditya, a bunch of you know really high-quality uh, data people that are keeping the site always up to date, always fresh. And you know, we have data feeds from multiple sources, which you can see on the footer of the site. But a lot of other administrative stuff is handled by myself and Billy. Thankfully, Billy coming on board has really helped because we have decided after you know many years of being a fantasy media company that we're going to become a fantasy gaming company as well. Like, that's a, a, the next evolution. There's, there's nothing left, right? There's nothing left. We have all the different types of advice we can give the fantasy football community on how they can win leagues, right? We've, I've, I mean, we've gone from DFS to Dynasty and everything in between. What's next, right? What's next? And, and, and the, the way to grow 
when you are catering to sicko diehards. There's only so many sicko diehard fantasy football enthusiasts in the world, right? So I went ahead, I did some market research, and I said, okay, what's our growth rate catering to this group with advice? Essentially advice, data, advice, ways to improve your fantasy game, right? How far can you go with that? How far can you take that, right? And in our space, the company that has taken it the furthest was Roto-Grinders. So Roto-Grinders sold for close to $50 million, which is an incredible number. For a media company in fantasy football? To, to command that kind of, I mean, Cal Spears, like, tip of the cap to you, sir. Like, that is one of the more impressive things I've seen in my history in business was that transaction. That's why Cal Spears is, to me, in fantasy football, people are like, oh, you know, this person, this person, this person founded this, and this person founded that. And as a person who has been running a fantasy media company for a number of years, Cal Spears on my Mount Rushmore. Just want to put, just want to say that. All right. And I don't think those valuations are coming back. So his timing was impeccable. It was great. It was just everything was just lined up. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And Cal knew when to walk away. It was perfect. It was just, I mean, that guy, again, like, I, I would challenge anyone to, to find someone as competent in this space in, in what we do as Cal Spears. Absolutely. Uh, but now we're looking at uh, the demise of Sports Illustrated and the, the, the shedding of Barstool even, right? Uh, by Penn Gaming, and it's like, wait, what's happening here? All these layoffs at ESPN. The media business is tough. There's layoffs going on at Google, laying off all of their, uh, uh, you know, the 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 ad business, the media sales is is difficult, right? It's difficult every year. It's challenging to go and pitch what we do to sponsors, right? And every year it's getting more challenging. Every year it's getting more challenging. Now, we've been fortunate that our sponsors have 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 been growing, that we've been delivering for them. And it's great to sit down uh, with like an FFPC and they're like, hey, you know, you guys helped turn on a lot of people to our platform last year. Here are the numbers. It was really impressive. And that matters that matters because then someone might talk to someone at the ffpc and they might say hey you know player profiler you know they do a good job of explaining to people why the ffpc is so great like because they have best ball tournaments but they also have high stakes they have dynasty they have an incredible database of dynasty orphans if you want to take over a dynasty orphan they've got like a marketplace of dynasty orphans so it's it's cool and again I think that that's how you do a good job with a partner is that you find stuff that you like. Like Theo and Billy played at the FFPC. So I'm like, okay, we like this platform. So we should absolutely um, 
figure out a way to show why it's so valuable on our channel and everybody wins right everybody wins but the it's 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 becoming a little more difficult there was a there was a time there was a time a few years ago when everyone thought that the way to onboard new sports bettors was to take these like 75 million fantasy gamers in the world and explain to them why they should stop playing fantasy and start sports betting or do both, right? And so that's why you saw a lot of acquisitions in the space. Monkey Knife Fight sold for close to, what, $90 million to Bally's? Wow, right? Wow. I don't pretend to think that those valuations are coming back. Again, that was a moment in time. There are moments in time, and you have to know when you're in a moment in time, and if you have a va valuable business that is in the center of the Venn diagram in that valuable period of time, you need to pull the lever. Okay? Don't wait. So we've just been sort of growing steadily the last few years, but for some reason, I can't explain it. I'm wired a little bit differently. I'm wired a little. I I don't understand why. I'm weird, right? I think everyone knows at this point. I'm a weirdo. I know I'm a weirdo. My family looks at me askew all the time. Why would you say that? Why are you doing that? What is wrong with you? Right? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not normal. Like I said, like when I talk to like my accountant or I talk to uh, an investor and I'm like, well, okay, so here's what, you know, and I'm, I take care of this and I, and I do that. And they're like, wait a second, you're doing this yourself. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I want to make sure it gets done right. And they're like, wait a second, what? And uh, yeah. So, uh, and it's 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 a weird thing where it's like yeah I want to have this level of attention to detail like even if someone can't continue their subscription I want them to hear from me personally that's just something I've always felt strongly about because you never know one day they may not be subscribing to player profile but you might have something else that they and and you want to build that trust and so that's that's the interesting component. There's a lot of unknowns. When you have a brand new product that you're about to roll out, because we said, hey, it would be nice if we could sustain this growth with uh, just catering to sicko diehards with our current level of service, but we just realized the market can't support it. And... Again, most people would be fine with that. It's a great living. It's fun. We're playing fantasy football. I don't know why I operate as if this is a public company. I don't know why. I don't know why I operate as if I report to Wall Street. I don't. I report to myself. That's it. Like, I could just be happy. I know so many people in the space that are just happy. I talk to them, and they're like, having a ball. They're playing fantasy football. They're talking about fantasy football. They're doing live drafts on YouTube. And it's great. And 
it's just not enough. It's just not enough for me. And so the only the only way for me to continue to show results to Wall Street, which isn't even a thing, it's just me, was to say, we need to find this next level of growth. Where do we find the next level of growth? The only way is to become a fantasy gaming company and actually provide people with a place to play fantasy football. And it just so happens that there are so many things about current fantasy football formats that I believe can be improved, whether it's how long drafts take, whether it's how drafts are formatted, whether whether it's the type of tournaments that are available. There's so many things that I have wanted to change, but because I'm not an operator, because I'm a I'm on this side, I'm on the media side. I'm not on the operation side. I don't have a pl- I don't have a place that people actually play. Then I've been sort of in a position where I can I can talk to people about what's out there, my favorite platforms to play and how to play and all those things. But it would be nice if we could have a little more control of the choices that people have. In, in type of fantasy football that they can play, right? So, for example, with best ball, I can't, I, to this day, I still can't believe it. I can't believe it. Best ball was clearly going to be a thing when draft came out and the MFL 10 format came out. So my fantasy league came out with these MFL 10s. They were super popular in, like, 2016, Super popular. The the app draft became super popular. The people that did draft ended up doing underdog, right? So they just took it to a whole other level. But now we're in 2024. MFL 10s were coming out almost 10 years ago. So we're almost 10 years. Think about this. We're almost 10 years removed from MFL 10s and best ball being invented. And the person who invented best ball, Emil Cadlick, um, he, you know, is not in the best health, and I got one of my one of my first opportunities in this industry was doing the first podcast for Football Diehards, and I would have Bob Harris on the show all the time, and and it it it, it ran on the Football Diehards website. I still to this day have no idea how many people listen to that show, but it was incredible for me to be able to do that show do my show, do a show for Roto Baller. I was doing five, six, seven shows a week for my own channel and other people's websites and channels. And it was just the only way to be better. The only way to improve is just to do it, to turn the camera on and do it and do it and do it. it. It's like, oh, comedians, they have to go on stage and they have to learn how to tell jokes with an audience. True. You can't just do it in front of a mirror and then go up in, on, in, in Carnegie Hall and kill. It's not possible. It's simply not possible. So it was only possible to do that. And one day I was talking to Emil on the phone, and he told me just an offhand story about how he invented the best ball format. He did. He did. Right? It didn't exist before him. And, you know, now that the, the football diehards is... is, is um, you know, uh, sunsetting, and I just, uh, it's just one of those things where you, you hear people aren't doing as well, 
um, and you just wish them all the best because, and then you remember, I'm like, oh my God, I remember that time that he, <laughs> he just casually, and I was like, wait a second, wait, you, you know, this is a big deal, right? Like you invented best ball, the format. And he, he just told the, it was great. It was it was great. He he was working with the the my fantasy league people, um, for particular leagues that, and he was like, "Why can't we just not set lineups? Is that a thing, right?" And then they helped to, um, and then going back to to my fantasy league, uh, the the person who started my fantasy league is is no longer here either, and so it's it's you know you start to think about a little bit about wow I've now been doing this for ten years, and. I've had some some incredible influences, and some people that are, that are, uh, you know, that that aren't even in the business anymore. And uh, you know, sometimes I'll look someone up on Twitter and I'll realize that they're gone, like they're no longer doing fantasy football, like they have another life. And I'm like, oh my god, remember that guy? He was great. He was great. So now I'm looking around and I'm like, am I, am I one of the o older people like am i I'm, I'm a senior citizen and i think i'm a senior citizen in fantasy football at this point but every day i wake up energized i bolt up out of bed and i just want to take this as far as it can go and i again i think there's a healthy level of ambition that a person can have and then I think there's an unhealthy level, and I think I'm definitely unhealthy. Okay, I think it's an unhealthy level of ambition. But on the flip side, a lot of the things that we love, that we use every day, things that you forget, right? You take for granted every day, different products. Some of them came from people with an unhealthy obsession for whatever they got into. And now I'm in it, and it's unhealthy, and the only thing that I can hope is that something good comes out of it that people like. Because it's it's been a while, right? It's been a while. So eight to ten years, we've had this best ball format. Underdog, killing, right? FFPC, doing great. DraftKings decided they were going to lean into it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh and uh, this format, drafters, right? So I know there's drafters. That's the other one. I haven't played on drafters. Drafters, uh, let me know if it's any good. I'll play. Uh, but I've heard. I've heard people play on it. Uh, I had a great conversation with Eric for. He does Spike Week. And so as soon as you see that there's a whole website Right, a whole media website which is a te- you know which is affiliated with Roto Grinders, back to Cal Spears. It all just kind of it all it always everything always comes full circle. You see that there's this community of people that are creating tools to help people manage their best ball teams, and you're like, well, there's only four platforms where you can even play best ball. Really, that's crazy. There should be more, right? There should be more. There definitely should be more. So. We're going to do our best to um, add to the, the, the choices, but not the way it was done before, right? That's the other thing. It's like, oh, you're just going to do something similar? No, totally different, out of left field. I think you'll, you'll, we're, we're scheduled to roll it out in April. 
don't hold me to that. Anything can happen. We'll see. But that's when it's scheduled to happen. And uh, so if you're wondering why I'm not on the channel as much as I was, let's say, last year, that's probably why. There's a uh, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a, there's a lot of steps to take to um, go through the process of uh, it, there, there's there's vetting processes on top of vetting processes and it's not just state regulators, right? It's uh, it's uh, you know it's PayPal. It's there's just different uh, different steps that have to be taken where you just have to lay it all out there and be like, hey. Here's our business, right? Here's who I am. I had to fill out a form for one state where I had to list who my my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, their contact information. Like, if you want it, this is why. So there's a lot of reasons why. I think the answer is, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll wrap up by telling you the answer to why there are only four best ball platforms right now. And, uh, and, and, and why you don't see a lot of new stuff coming out. Cause when I was, uh, you know, first breaking in right to fantasy football as a creator, it seemed like, and it, those of you that have been around 10 years in the chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like there was something new coming all the time. Like, I expect when draft, when the draft app came out, I expected it, right? And then I expected something else, and I expected and expect. And then in the last few years, it's been like, like, I feel like there's been tumbleweed rolling by. And yes, thankfully, we have Underdog. Thankfully, we have FFPC. I mean, these, you know... What would we what would we do without them? Thank God to play fantasy. Uh, but there had been a trend for many years because fantasy was hot, right? Fantasy was hot with the the, the market, right? Oh, DraftKings and FanDuel. But before that, there was all kinds of and, uh, all kinds of different uh, DFS platforms before it was consolidated, right? So. It's it's interesting that we we've gotten to a place where most of the new things that are coming out are some version of pickums, and I understand why you see a lot of different variations on prize picks, right? And I can tell you, I can tell you why. I can explain this to you. This is something that was uh, was nagging at me for a long time because I I decided to take this step, right? with the business and take a risk and go in a new direction that was hard. And whenever anyone would hear that this is what we were doing, it would say, well, good luck, right? Like you're about to leave on this quest and you'll, you're not coming back. Right? <laughs> like, like when, when Bilbo left the, uh, the Shire, right? It's like, Probably not coming back with that big, uh, you know, gray bearded wizard guy. Yeah, he's uh, you won't see him again. Right. And so that's kind of how I felt. And that's just people reacting that way. Right. Like, whoa, 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 really? Oh, you're going for it. Oh, wow. 
And I was like, okay, wait, what am I missing here? Okay, I know there's a lot of upfront cost and effort, but again, I'm happy to do paperwork. Like it's one of my favorite lines from any movie is old school. When they're like, hey, wait a second, how the hell did you guys start a fraternity if you don't go to school here? And they're like, well, I'll, I'll tell you something. Turns out we're really good at paperwork, right? <laughs> no, it's actually, no, it was the kid that was talking to the dean. He's like, how do they do this? He's like, well, it turns out these guys are really good at paperwork, you know? And then, so that's my line now. Like, well, so how did you get, well, it turns out we're really good at paperwork. Like Billy and I, Billy and I, after this, I'm going to get on a call with Billy and we're going to do paperwork. Like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, and we're going to be at the FSGA. So yesterday we were working on our presentation for the FSGA. So that's why, that's why I'm like feeling a little more confident talking about what we're up to because I'm like, well, you know, in a couple of weeks we're going to be doing a presentation on it. So whatever, let's give the, the, let's talk about it first to the actual audience that loves us, especially the wake it, the wake it take audience is my favorite audience. By the way, you all are my favorite audience. The people that are getting up in the morning and they're you're having your coffee with Jason and 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 listening to to what's going on with, with football and fantasy football. That you're my people, right? The way it can take audience is my favorite audience. If I could pick a a a group of people that I know I would go to war with, it would be this audience right here, right here. So I'll tell you why, you know, in in this vision quest that I'm going on. And I've been asking the question, I'm like, why aren't there more people rolling out fantasy games that aren't pick them, right? And they're like, well, first of all, answer number one is pick are easy to develop. So if you're coding an app, just having two choices with two numbers is easy. You just put those up on the screen and you pick one button or the other button and then it logs that choice in a database. That's literally it. That's a that's a pick a map, right? If you want to do a live draft, you have to have 10 plus people all synchronized and all getting the same experience live and as picks come in and the availability that everything is happening simultaneously across the country and the world on 10 different or 12 different devices. That is exponentially more difficult to develop. Now, thankfully, our tech team is exceptional. And that's, only, that's the only reason why we can even do this. So again, so there's one barrier to entry. The barrier to entry is developing a live draft on a phone with geo lookup and ID verification is incredibly complicated. And finding a person and multiple people, a team, that would be able to do that is a tall order. And some people could never be able to figure it out, right? So, I mean, some people did. ESPN figured it out. Yahoo did. Sleeper did. Underdog did. So it's not impossible. It's not, we're not, we're not going to Mars. But, not that Mars, Mars isn't impossible either. But, I mean, more difficult, right? And... <laughs> Like, sorry, we're not sending, we're not sending a person to Pluto. Okay. How about that? 
I'm like, well, actually, that's possible. I can tell you how we could do it. Anyway. Anyway. And then the other thing is, because of this big sort of uh, narrative that, oh, you can just move a fantasy gamer who likes fantasy football and, and turn them into a sports better. That was a very popular narrative for, you know, like I said, two years, like 2020, 2021. That was a very popular narrative. And then you've noticed that we have been pitching a lot less sports books because people don't respond to sports book ads. They just don't. They don't want it. They don't want to go to, to Caesars. They don't they don't care. You want to play fantasy football. We heard you loud and clear, and we very rarely talk about sports betting anymore. Uh, so that narrative that, hey, fantasy gamers can just become sports bettors, yes, that was true to an extent for DraftKings and FanDuel, but the thing with DraftKings and FanDuel that I think is underreported is that they had the tech. They built their tech, right? That's the thing. While the other companies had to license third-party tech as soon as all this, uh, the, the sports betting started to get legalized because they couldn't develop... Because now I know how long it takes to develop an app, especially one that's complicated. So they decided, okay, we're going to do third-party apps and just get something out there that we know works. Well, FanDuel and DraftKings had been building user experiences in their own native apps for all those years that it be that it just became a better user experience for most people than you know a lot of the gambling apps that were out there so that was underreported i think it was overreported that they just were able to migrate people with emails saying hey your account now works in the sports betting app i don't know if that was what was more effective or that it was just they had a huge head start in tech they had a huge head start in the development of the technology. Um, that was, I think, the underreported piece. And so, regardless, a lot of the investment dollars and a lot of the attention was focused on sports betting, sports betting, sports betting. And then in 2022, people started realizing, oh, whoops, sports betting is really hard to get licensed. Fantasy is a lot easier. Right now, I'm not saying it, it is easy. I think it's challenging. But compared to sports betting, there's there's no there's no comparison with a sports book. You actually have to get all of your suppliers and all your partners. They also have to be vetted and they also have to be licensed. So it's it's it is exponentially more difficult if you just look at it like that. Whereas with fantasy, the bar is lower. And there's a whole bunch of states that are that that have no real regulations yet for fantasy, so there's a couple different reasons why someone who had an idea for a sports betting app was like, "Ugh, this isn't gonna happen. Ugh, I got all this money from investors. What am I gonna do?" Oh, I know. I'll make it into fantasy. I'll make a bunch of changes, and it'll eventually become some version of Prize Picks. So that is that is the sort of how do we get this thing that we're going to call fantasy as close to sports betting as possible? So it was that mentality that led to the the the, the reason why the new apps that are coming out are, are mostly in the pick'em category, and as well that this notion of a synchronized live draft room is quite difficult to code. Those are the two main drivers behind the lack of innovation in the space right now, um, and. 
if you're in my position, you could look at that as headwinds. Those are like, oh, this is, these are reasons to not do it. There's just, if, if no one is doing it, that means it must be too hard. Or you could go on this vision quest and ask questions. And then when it's explained, and again, this wasn't like one person. There is no Buddha person that you can go to, right? And they sit down, right? Uh, uh, and, and they tell you all about everything, right? There's no, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, that person doesn't exist, right? So, yeah, you can't just go to Malibu and sit down with Rick Rubin and he just tells you how the record business works and how to make music the, 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 best, the best way possible and here's all the things you need to know and you just, you know, you, you, thank you. That doesn't exist. Maybe, maybe I'll be that guy in 10 years. Maybe, probably not. Uh, but for now, you just have to have lots of conversations with lots of people, and then you just have to get little nuggets and then to connect the dots. And then sometimes it's not even like no one told you this directly. It's that you're in the shower and you're like, Oh, that explains it. That's why this is the way it is. Oh, this is why. And I can't even explain how many times like, Billy and I are reading like statutes from states on why they want or how. No, there's never a why. <laughs> there's never a why. But just how you need to design uh, your, uh, the, you know, some aspect of, of the app. And I'm like, why would they do it that way? What is the purpose Right. What? Why is this? Why is that? So I'm always asking questions. So some people call me like a Columbo where I am just unassuming asking questions and stumbling into the answer. So that that would be, uh, I guess, the other aspect uh, that uh, has helped us is just uh, a, you know, a a fearless curiosity where I, I know, right. I know that, okay. A, a certain regulation or a certain statute was written because there was some concern that someone had somewhere that this is a problem and this is how you solve it. Right. Instead of looking at it like, Oh, I'm attacking this. I'm attacking. I'm trying to get around this. Right. Or I'm trying to just trying to just, you know, uh, appease this aspect of what. No, let's understand. Let's go through each one, understand why they might want that this this way. And then you can start to train your brain. And that's the only way I know how to do it, to train. I want to train my brain to think like an operator. Um, and eventually, you know, we are going to put something out there in the world. And. Hopefully that, you know, of this many years that I've built up personally answering questions, personally answering people's emails that need to update their subscription. My hope is that that has built a level of trust, whereas, you know, every, every year 
there's a new story about some fantasy operator that is involved in some sort of nefarious activity. This is this has been a theme and it drags down the reputation of the industry. It makes all of our lives more difficult. Right? Because I, you know, I'll, I'm telling you that I, you know, I have an open mind and I like to understand why things are happening, but of course when I'm talking to Billy, I'm like this is fucking bullshit. Why do we have to do this? And then Billy reminds me, he's like, well, yeah, back in 2016, this scandal happened. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Right? So, yeah, there have been people that have ruined the, uh, the, the fun or, or made it a lot, more, a lot more difficult. They've basically, some of these nefarious activities have essentially raised the bar, raised the barrier to entry for new people that have new ideas. So, you know, while I'm doing this, I'm also feeling bad. I'm like, man. I know there's going to be some kid with some kick-ass idea for fantasy football, and that idea is going exactly nowhere as soon as he finds out what he's up against, right? I'm like, I could see so many innovations in the space. In my head, like, I could just, I could just you know, run the simulation, see all of the, all these great ideas, just dying in the crib. Just it's never gonna happen. And I'm like, it's never gonna happen. Right? And then and I'm like, we better do this now. Right? It's only gonna get more difficult. So we better just, you know, plug your nose and jump in and go as far as you possibly can with this thing called fantasy football.